Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So happy to be with you today. I've got a treat. I have to tell you, I've got a treat, folks. I'm actually uh, coming to you live today out of studio. Uh, We're at a restaurant, Cavan, on Magazine Street in New Orleans. So excited to be here. And uh, I've got some lovely guests with me today. I've got Caitlin Watsky, who is from... um, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. We've got to talk to us today about the magazine and also about an event coming up called Chefs to Watch. And we have Chef Ruby Block here with us who is part of this restaurant here and more. And I'm sure she's going to tell you about that uh, as we get started. Welcome, ladies. Thanks. Thank you. So we do have uh, a lot going on, of course. This is the fall, and there's always, I talked about this the other day, there's a lot of stuff going on in the fall. We have, I know in South Louisiana, all throughout South Louisiana, festivals, all kind of festivals uh, in the fall, and a lot of them revolve around food. And if it doesn't revolve around food, then food plays a major role in it. And uh, we talk about food quite a bit, of course, here on the Catholic Foodie Show, and one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring to your attention today is an event that is coming up uh, on the 20th of October. It's called Chefs to Watch, and uh, I know that Caitlin's going to tell us a little bit more about it, but before we get into that, let's talk about this magazine, Louisiana Cooking, which is not a stranger to the Catholic Foodies show. I've had uh, Daniel Schumacher's been on the show a couple times before. We've talked about Chefs to Watch way back in 2015, and now this is 2016 version. This is the 15th year, right? Yes. The 15th year. That's right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Louisiana Cooking and what it's about because it's a Louisiana-based magazine, but it's available all over. It's available all over, featuring um, authentic Louisiana recipes that are, um, we have tips from professional chefs, recipes that are developed in-house, and uh, we've got some really great restaurant features and uh we're and the photography is out of this world the photography is really great yeah, yeah it's amazing i know uh, i'm very honored to say that i've actually been in the magazine uh it was last year i think it was it last year uh i had a book that came out in 2014 and they did a, a spread for easter it was yeah, it was this past year it was for easter uh i think the recipe they used was the, the grilled lamb lamb chops is uh was the one but uh, it was funny because I, I told Daniel, I said, oh, I've got pictures. I'll send you pictures. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. They do it all in the studio. Yeah, like, we oh. test it all in-house and then shoot the photos over there. Yeah. Oh, and it, it was just beautiful. They were, they were awesome. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Now, in the, the magazine itself, it's like you pick it up, you look at it. It's gorgeous. Of course, the pictures are going to pop out at you, you know, but it's full of recipes. You got recipes in there. There's there's reviews. Uh, there's uh, articles about food, about New Orleans, about Louisiana, not just New Orleans, but Louisiana in general. But the one that the magazine that you have sitting on the table is the latest one. It's the uh, September October. Yes. And it features the chefs to watch, uh, but also there's a ton of recipes in there. What are some of the examples of of recipes that are there? I see a page open. I see some. Something there. It looks like a recipe. So I've got the page open to our Chefs to Watch feature. Uh, this page features the brisket and collard mm. doppio ravioli from oh, Chef wow. Philip Mariano, um, which I did have a chance to taste during the photo shoot, yeah. and I've got to tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm looking forward <laughs> to having a bite of that again at the dinner. Let's see. What else do we have in here? 
recipe-wise. Uh, a great quail dish from Ashley Roussel, mm-hmm. who is going to be at the new Simone's Market in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Oh, we've got a feature on Natchitoches meat pies. Oh, I love them. Which everyone loves, right? I love them. And for, pe- for folks, because if if, I know we have people who listen to this show from all over the country. They, they don't, they're not all from, which is why it's so much fun for me. You know, because I feel like I'm an ambassador, you know, of, of Louisiana cuisine to the, the rest of the, the country. But a Natchitoches meat pie is, um, well, it, it's, a, it's a spicy uh, filling, right? It's a meat-based filling in, in a pastry dough. It, it's just, a, um, I grew up as a kid eating those, and it's just, it brings back so much of my childhood when I think about having one. Like, right now, sounds really good, but... <laughs> Yeah, and these are great because we've got the classic version, but then we also put some fun twist on it, and that's something we really like to do. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the things that, and I've seen this before, it may, it may not be this issue, but I do re- remember seeing in the past how, you know, some of the recipes you would think coming from Louisiana, some of the ingredients might be hard to get. You know, and I, I, I've noticed that you take the time and attention of trying to point out where people can get stuff that they need or what substitutions could be made. And I know I get questions all the time about andouille. What is this andouille thing that we see, you know, and it's andouille sausage, but it, it, it's okay. That's, it, it's a lot of fun, you know? Yeah. And that's really important to point out is that even if they don't have these ingredients, there's always something they can substitute and people shouldn't be afraid to try a Louisiana recipe just because they don't have crawfish. Right. You know, you can substitute right. shrimp or something else. That's right. And I advocate that quite a bit. Um, boy, the crawfish. I love that though, you know, they're just so expensive, you know, they've been going up in price the last few years, but, um, well that, that's, it's awesome. I love the magazine. We're going to have links in the show notes, by the way. Uh, if you're listening right now and you're thinking to yourself, wow, it's available all over. I want to get a copy. I'm going to have a link in the show notes where you can, uh, find that you can, uh, uh, find out where you can get your own copy of uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. Again, that'll be over at catholicfoodie.com. Now we have an event that's coming up called Chefs to Watch. And what, in general, what is Chefs to Watch all about? So Chefs to Watch was started 15 years ago by Louisiana Cooking. Each year we choose six up-and-coming chefs from around the state who we think uh, show a lot of promise and a lot of talent. And this year we're excited to feature three from the New Orleans area, one from Shreveport. Ashley was in Lafayette, now she's here. And... um, Grand Isle? Is it Grand Isle? Lake, Lake Charles. Charles. Lake, Lake Charles. Charles. Ah. Chef Lyle, Broussard, Chef Lake Lyle. Charles. At uh, Lauberge. So we, uh, we feature six chefs every year and tell the readers about their background, but also get them to create a special dish. And we run those recipes in the magazine, but those dishes will also be served at the event on October 20th. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading it and think this looks really good, <laughs> I'm telling you, because it's uh, we're going to get into the menu. We're definitely going to dive into the menu here uh, in just a bit. But first, I want to toss it over to Chef Ruby and say welcome to the Thank show. Thank you for having me. And uh, it is it is a, a joy to be here. Thank you for your hospitality. Of course. Uh, I see some some goodies here on the table. Yeah. Uh, little things that we could try here. What 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 do we have? Yeah. So um, we started us off with some of our oyster crackers. And then we've got some um, some hush puppies with whip lardo, and we've also mm. got a special, which is for tonight, some fried crab claws. Oh wow! 
which is one awesome. of my favorites. Awesome. And, uh, you know, if you have never heard of what, you know, heard of a hush puppy, you think that that's something that you put on your feet, you know, you're wearing hush puppy shoes. Uh, hush puppies are, are really, it's like a, a cornmeal base, uh, based ball that is uh, fried. Yeah. And you can have spices in there. And I like green onions, a lot of green mm-hmm. onions. And, you Some know. people put a little meat. Meat, the meat could be in there too. And I remember as a kid, you know, most times you go to a seafood restaurant, you, you see people, they'll have, take a hush puppy, cut it open and put butter on it. But as a kid, it was ketchup. You know, oh. I always <laughs> ate them with ketchup. Of course, I ate everything with ketchup as a kid, you know. Uh, but that's beautiful. Yeah, it's got a bunch of honey on it too. So they're oh. kind of a sweet and salty type, type little appetizer. And that would be, I mean, that's almost like a dessert, huh? You could do it for dessert. You could? Yeah, I might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are uh, a dessert chef, right? A pastry chef. Yes. And so what do you do here? I mean, what, what is the, or I should say, let me, let me start by saying this. <laughs> I do, I heard a rumor that you're not really from New Orleans. Is that right? I'm not from New Orleans. Uh, where where are correct. you from? I grew up mostly in uh, Northwest New Jersey. Uh, was born in upstate New York and that's where a lot of my family still lives. And I've been in New Orleans for almost five and a half years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you just like the word new, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't... <laughs> I tend to go to those places. Yeah. And so you've been here five years, you said five and a half years? Yeah, I moved here in June of 2011. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And what brought you here? Just the, the, the mystique of New Orleans and the, <laughs> you know... Well, it's kind of a familiar story visited the city and fell in love fell and love, yeah. um, decided to move down here when I graduated from college. And that's what Daniel did. That's, what, that's why he ended up in New Orleans. He just fell in love with it. Yeah, it has such a, such a, a unique, yeah. a unique, uh, unique feel. feel for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And uh, you, you are a, a chef today. Uh, how did you get into, uh, why, why are you a chef? <laughs> Um, I don't know if I could answer that in the, uh, in the existential way, but, um, I was always interested in cooking something I loved to do when I was younger and, um, and kind of got an awesome opportunity to work in a kitchen down here while I was looking for other jobs and, um, loved it and continued to work at it and that's really how it happened it was a it was something I was always interested in and then it I was fortunate enough to have a position so it's not like you went to school and and got a PhD and no cooking (laughs) I didn't I considered it but I decided to go to school for um, elementary education oh wow and that was what I was planning on doing when I moved down here Mm -hmm. but after only a few months I was cooking in the oh, kitchen. Wow. So. Isn't that beautiful? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's a lot that we could say about that. I do know we are coming up on a break, so I just want to remind uh, I want to remind you that uh, you can find the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Not only uh, will you find the show notes for this show, but you know every broadcast of the Catholic Foodie Show is also archived online as a podcast. You can find all those episodes over at catholicfoodie.com. Also, uh, be sure to check out breadboxmedia.com and all of the the wonderful shows that we have as part of Breadbox Media. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show. I am Jeff Young, your host. I'm so happy to be with you today. We do have to take a quick break. Please stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodie. So happy to be with you today and coming to you from Cavan on Magazine Street in New Orleans. Uh, we have, man, <laughs> there's some food down on the table in front of us. It, it, it's really unbelievable. You want to um, tell us a little bit about what we've got here? Yeah. Um, so we've got a really awesome kale Caesar salad with fried Louisiana oysters. Oh, wow. And then we've also got a tuna carpaccio that's got cucumber, shallots, and um, some really awesome avocado mousse. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. so pretty, but it tastes, tastes better. Tastes even better, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm going to have, uh, I will be taking uh, pictures here and putting them over in the show notes at catholicfoodie.com, but I'm afraid that I can't save any for you. You know, you can't like... I can't bring home a taster for you because you don't live with me. <laughs> but you can see the pictures. I'll have them over at CatholicFoodie.com. And we are here today, as I mentioned, we're at Cabin. Uh, we have Caitlin Watsky with us from Louisiana Cooking Magazine. We have Ruby Block, Chef Ruby Block from Cabin, uh, but also Mobar and uh, Sylvain, right? Absolutely. Uh, those three restaurants, uh, not too far away from each other down here in New Orleans. Uh, beautiful place to be. And we're talking today about uh, chefs to watch, and there is an event, a, a big dinner that's coming up uh, on the 20th of this month, October 20th. And uh, Kaylee, you want to tell us a little bit more about that event itself? Absolutely. So the chefs to watch dinner on October 20th. Um, it's a six-course dinner featuring recipes. Uh, featuring the dishes from the Chefs to Watch feature in our September-October issue from our six Chefs to Watch. The event is at Marche. It's a beautiful venue overlooking the Mississippi River in the French Quarter. Beautiful. Really looking forward to it. Um, People can get tickets at louisianacooking.com. And this is also a really great event because it benefits the Louisiana Culinary Institute in Baton Rouge for a scholarship fund. Which is wonderful. I mean, that's, you know, uh, I, I love I love the fact that uh, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of uh, a real sense of community among the chefs in New Orleans. And you see them get together. They rally together. They help with different causes, uh, different, um, wh- whether it's, um, you know, raising money for a scholarship fund. Or I remember, you know, years ago uh, with Chef Matt Murphy, you know, who was going through some health problems as he was in the hospital. And the chefs came together. They rallied around him. I mean, just to see that, that, that um, I don't know, that, that, that love, really, between the chefs and New Orleans is such a, a beautiful thing to see. And to see this, you know, where you have an event that is trying to help future chefs, you know, is trying to help others to, to learn this, this craft, this art of, of cooking, and to hopefully one day be here in the city or somewhere in Louisiana cooking or maybe even being an ambassador to, for Louisiana out to the, the rest of the country or the world. Who knows, right? Uh, but a beautiful thing. Uh, that is going to be, again, October 20th uh, at 6 p.m. Marche, which is on North Peter Street in New Orleans. Uh, can't wait. That, that's going to be very exciting. We are going to talk about the menu, too, because, you know, this is a food show. we got to talk about food and uh, the, the, the 2016 Chefs to Watch dinner menu. Uh, here's a couple of things that we could talk about right now. You've got, or would you like to, to talk about the menu, uh, Caitlin? That may be better if you want to pull it up. I know there's some things on here. Each chef, as Caitlin mentioned earlier, we have chefs as three from New Orleans, uh, three from uh, other areas in the state. Uh, I know that uh, Chef Ashley was in uh, 
Lafayette, right? And she's now here in New Orleans. So it just, I guess, that's that's, that's life. We have four from New Orleans now. <laughs> but it wasn't that wasn't how it started out, right? Right. It wasn't how it started out. So uh, you 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 got the the menu there. Yeah. So um, first up, we've got a brisket and collard doppio ravioli and pot liquor from Chef Philip Mariano. Wow. And this is. It's just an amazing dish. The flavors are really incredible. Oh, wait. Now, wait. You've actually had all these already? <laughs> I haven't tried all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little taste yeah. at the, uh, the photo shoot, but oh, it wow. wasn't enough. <laughs> oh, just a little sample yeah, here and there. A little okay. sample, yeah. All right. I got you. <laughs> so, really looking forward to this one. Um, from Chef Nathan Richard. He's at Kingfish in the French Quarter in New Orleans. He's making a really great kushaw and shrimp curry bisque with mustard greens, kind of bringing in some Vietnamese influence and tying in his Cajun mm. roots to that. Wow. That sounds amazing. And for, for those who, who may not know what a kushaw is. It's a squash. It's a squash. Okay. Uh, Ashley Roussel is making a fig preserved glazed quail with herb, herbed cauliflower couscous mm. and a Louisiana fig glaze. Wow. Uh, I believe she told me it's the fig preserves are actually made by a friend's mother. Oh. So that's really interesting. But it's a beautiful dish. Can't wait to try that one. Gabriel Balderas from El Cabo Verde in Shreveport is making a chile marinated Louisiana shrimp dish with corn esquites. Gabriel was raised in Mexico, and esquites is popular street food there. Mm -hmm. So he's tying in his Mexican heritage, but bringing in Louisiana to that with the local shrimp and local products. Uh, he really puts a big focus on local ingredients up there. It's almost like a kind of like a, a fusion in a sense, huh? Yes. Wouldn't it be? And I think the the restaurant here is is trying to do the same thing in a sense. How huh? you've got. Uh, uh, Louisiana ingredients, local ingredients, but the 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 menu itself kind of expands beyond the borders of Louisiana. Yeah, I think definitely it's Louisiana centric. Yet um, we like to say it's American coastal cuisine, mm -hmm. so that kind of mm -hmm. covers a broad um, broad area. We've got you know we get oysters from um, both the northern coast at times. Yet all of our fried oysters we use local Louisiana P&J oysters. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a great, it's definitely seafood and Louisiana centric yet um, keeps kind of a, another another element going. Right, yeah. It, I mean, it reminds me like there's nothing new under the sun, right? That's, you see that in Ecclesiastes and in the Bible and it's true and it's like the, the things that are new are really when you take things that don't belong together, at least not at first sight, right. and yet you bring them and mix them together and see what happens. You know? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I love it. So chili marinated shrimp with corn esquites. Yes. Awesome. And then we've got a pan seared amberjack with a warm potato and crawfish salad from Chef Lyle Broussard of Lake Charles. He's at the LaBerge Lake Charles Jack Daniels Bar and Grill. Oh, wow. Uh, this dish features fish from the Gulf of Mexico and Lyle says it really represents the type of cooking that's done down there in southwest Louisiana. Which is amazing. I know that uh, uh, work-related stuff, I've actually been in Lake Charles a number of times over the last couple of months. 
And it seems like there's a lot just going on, a lot of development, a lot of growth in Lake Charles that as a child, you know, traveling through Lake Charles and stopping is not something that I would have associated. Like in my mind, Lake Charles was real small and it was like, you know, but it's really growing. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a great food scene blossoming out there. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a good thing to see. I like it. And uh, finally, we're finishing our Chefs to Watch dinner with a dessert from Ruby. Uh, it's a sweet potato spice cake. Oh, wow. And it's really beautiful. Uh, I might let Ruby tell yeah, us about some of the you components. Want to do that? Because, yeah, of yeah, course. Since it's yours. Sure. So, um, yeah, which, like she said, it's a, a maple spice cake. It's got sweet potato in the center, and it kind of looks like a, a modern take on a jelly roll. Mm. The cake is baked real thin, and... Um, do this really bright or orange infused um, sweet potato puree and that goes in the center and then I roll it up and slice it so it's pretty little curls and um, it goes with a sage creme anglaise and uh, brown butter powder and a little orange uh, meringue to kind of bring out the orange that's in the um, the sweet potato. Oh y'all are torturing me. <laughs> <laughs> This is, uh, it sounds awesome. The whole, the whole dinner sounds fantastic. Um, and again, uh, Chefs to Watch, uh, you can find it at louisianacooking.com. Uh, matter of fact, at the very, very top of the page, if you go there, there is uh, a little tab there on, uh, at the top. It says Chefs to Watch. You just click on that. It'll take you right to that page. And of course, you can always find all the links that I talk about in the show. In the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. I try very hard to make this uh, easy for you, you know, so you don't have to go, you know, hurt your fingers doing any kind of weird things, looking for links all over the place. So, well, that's fantastic. A lot of good food. You know, it's beautiful. You mentioned earlier that one of the, the ingredients is, uh, was made by the mother, right? A friend's mother, was it not? Right. The fig preserves the fig that preserves. Ashley Roussel uses in her, um, fig preserved glazed quail. And that's one of the things that I have seen time and time and time again is this connection between food and family. You know, that, that it's, you know, my mom's this or, or my grandmother's that, you know, it, which is just such a, um, I mean, for those of us like myself who's got kids at home, it, it just, it impresses upon me how important it is for me to be in the kitchen and to get them into the kitchen to cook with me. Uh, my son, believe it or not, 17 years old, uh, is actually in the kitchen cooking. He is at Lola in uh, Covington. He's cooking over there. He's, uh, they're training him a little by little, you know. He's, he's learning some stuff. He, of course, he's still in school, too. So we, he's homeschooled, so he has the availability to be out there and cook when he can. But, you know, this is the, the stuff that's important is that, um, uh, that connection, I think, that we have family, friends, which happens a lot around the table. It can also happen in the kitchen. If you get in the kitchen and, and just cook for fun, it's a lot of fun, I think. That's my humble opinion. You know, my <laughs> humble opinion. So, and we will talk more about cooking and what is involved with cooking and why we focus so much on chefs and what that's all about uh, when we come back from our break. Again, uh, you can find the show notes at catholicfoodie.com. You can find past shows at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget to go check out uh, all the shows available at breadboxmedia.com. And uh, we do have to take a break, folks. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. Uh, Don't go away. We do have to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host of the Catholic Foodies. So glad to be with you today. We are at Cabin on Magazine Street, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. I mean, this is just a, a phenomenal venue, beautiful place to be. And I'm here with uh, two lovely ladies. Uh, Kaylin is here from uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine, and then Chef Ruby here uh, with the restaurant uh, Cabin. And you know, during the break, they brought more food to us. <laughs> Yes. And I'm, I'm just, I got to tell you, this is, I mean, I don't know what to do. Can we just turn the radio thing off and eat? Can we just, like, forget this? I don't know. <laughs> I guess we're stuck. We've got, the mics are on. We've, we've, we've got to do it, right? Yes, right. But what, what, uh, what do we have on the table now that's new that we haven't talked about since the last time? Yeah, so they brought us out some of our entrees. And um, the first one is a quarter chicken that we pan sear. It's definitely one of my personal favorite entrees. Comes with a salad of local greens and then smeared on top of the chicken is a pea stew. So it's got a nice garlicky bite to it. I love it. Um, And and it looks like basil pesto. It does. It does. It's just so bright green. Yeah, which I love pesto just as much. Um, But this, I think, complements that chicken. It kind of the warmth and like savoriness mm. of the chicken gets cut a little bit with that sharp piece stew. It's really nice. Um, and then we've also got our um, market fish, which today is pompano, and that's got a romesco sauce, um, roasted peppers, all in there. And then we've also got some grilled and roasted eggplant, oh, um, wow. and it's served with some sliced almonds as well. Oh, yeah. And that changes. You know, we have a we have a we have a market fish, and then we also have a grilled whole fish, and both of those we change as as the season changes. Which is which is to be expected. Yeah, right? it's I mean, that's great. How, that's how God made it. I mean, <laughs> we have things come in seasons. You know, you don't have tomatoes all year round. You don't exactly. have, you know, I mean, we we have shrimp all year round because we freeze it, right? <laughs> but we don't have a lot of stuff all year round, and so it's good to to have that variety. And that's kind of a natural thing to happen. And yeah. I, I, I know I appreciate it. I think it's a, a, a good thing. You know, during the break, we're talking about cooking. We're talking about how, uh, you know, your background, you're coming into cooking. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, my question to you was like, where does this, um, where's the delineation between like, you know, someone teaching you how to cook. And so you have this knowledge and you're trying to maintain that and grow that knowledge and where does that creative spark kind of enter in and is there a way even to delineate between the two I don't know yeah I mean I just think that I think that there isn't a line um I think that all some some dishes that we come up with you know savory or pastry are going to be um, more connected to things that we've done in the past or things that we've learned from other people. And then on the other hand, there will be dishes that are just completely kind of from left field. Yeah. So yeah. there's always going to be a sense of, I don't, I don't think you can really separate your knowledge and your, and your, um, your education in the kitchen with what you produce because even if you're doing something you've never done before, you're using mm. techniques you've learned before. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's it's not a clear line, and I'm glad that it's not a clear line. I feel like some of the magic, some of the right. uh, spark comes from yeah. comes from that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you always, you're building on what you already know, and you're exactly. building on what other people have done. You know, it's, it's amazing. I go back to the story a lot, because believe it or not, 
you know, people are fascinated with recipes. Mm-hmm. And when I first started doing this thing, this Catholic foodie thing, I was totally anti-recipe. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to do recipes. I don't want to. <laughs> and it took about a year or so, maybe between a year, year and a half, before I finally caved, because I had so many people contact me saying, "We want the recipes." <laughs> now they may never ever cook them. Yeah. Right. But they want the recipes. And I, I've always been fascinated by that. I remember back in 2009, I interviewed Marcel Bienvenu. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody knows Marcel down here. And I know here on the Catholic Foodie Show, she's been on the show, but I've also talked about her. Food writer for 30-something years, I believe, at this point. Uh, she's teaching. She's in a culinary institute teaching um, future chefs. And uh, just she knows food, right? And I remember... <laughs> I asked about the recipe thing, you know, because I was having a, 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 an existential conflict, you know, this angst about recipes. And she said, you know, there are no recipe police. You know, there are mattress police, so don't ever cut that tag off, you know, but there are no recipe police. So if you want to you cook food the way you want it to taste. And so it's cooking in a restaurant is very different, I think, than cooking at home, right? There's a difference there. But, you know, you want to cook it the way you want it to taste. So if, if you like garlic and you want to add more garlic, great. If you like cayenne, you want to add more of that, great. If not, whatever. Ultimately, you're really cooking to, to what you enjoy. Yeah. You know? And it's a learning process. What I say, you know, you got to uh, burn things a few times and, and try, to get it, try to get it right. The more course, you do that, the more, you, the more in the future you'll get it right. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you learn from uh, from your mistakes. You know? And I'm sure all of the chefs here, uh, we have the six chefs we mentioned who are part of this Chefs to Watch uh, dinner. The six chefs, uh, we have Chef uh, Gabriel uh, Balderas from uh, Mexico originally. Grew up there, right? Grew up there. He grew up in Mexico and moved to the United States as a teenager. And uh, he is at El Cabo Verde in Treeport. Uh, we have Chef Ruby right here, Chef Ruby Block, uh, who is with uh, Mobar and Kevin and Sylvain. And Sylvain, yeah. And Sylvain. Yeah. Uh, and then Chef La Broussard at Le Berge in uh, Lake Charles. Chef Philip uh, Mariano is here in New Orleans at... He's formerly of Josephine Estelle. Okay, okay. Because I'm, I'm looking, I'm cheating. Everybody. I'm cheating, I'm looking at the website right now, getting all these names, because I can't remember all this stuff, right? Uh, Chef Nathan Richard, who is uh, Kingfish, right, here in New Orleans. And then Chef Ashley uh, Roussel, who is a world traveler, just moved from Lafayette to New Orleans, uh, part of Simone's Market. Right? So we have these six chefs, and I'm sure they never burned anything, right? I'm sure they've <laughs> never burned anything. They've never cut themselves or any of that. No, no. no. Yeah, because I know, I mean, I'm telling you, you, you deal with sharp knives. You're, You're in the getting, kitchen. Yeah. You know, there's, chance, there's a chance it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that, 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 does, uh, that does happen. But uh, again, uh, I, I want to point you to louisianacooking.com. Uh, we have Caitlin here with us. Uh, today talking about chefs to watch uh, you can find out more about uh, the chefs themselves and also about the event this this dinner that's coming up on October 20th at louisianacooking.com I always have to point out there's no G right. in Louisiana cooking right cooking it's Louisiana cooking <laughs> not not cooking it's cooking right louisianacooking.com I love that that's great 
Uh, and, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, again, we, we talked, I think, during the break, a little bit earlier in the show about um, that connection that happens between people, whether it's, it's the chef community here in New Orleans or whether it's, uh, the, you know, what happens with us growing up at, at home. The, you know, Chef Matt Murphy told me, we, we, I interviewed him uh, a number of times, but a couple years back, I think he said this. He said, um, you, we can come up with all kind of creative dishes. He says, but the thing that people want when they come in, typically it boils down to comfort food. And they want, that's what they really want. So we can get all fancy and everything, but they really want comfort food. And the, the comfort food typically is the kind of stuff that points them back to their childhood. Right, it's that that comfort, you know. Nostalgia is a strong note. To it is. For sure. It is. Yeah, I could be walking down the street and and get a, a sniff of something, and all of a sudden I'm eight years old again, you know, at my mama's table, right? Um, now, Kaylin, you you grew up uh, not too far from New Orleans. You're on the, the from the North Shore, the Slidell area, right? right? And I'm sure you had the experience. Uh, I'm just assuming this, since you work in the food industry today, that, that food's always been kind of a, a draw to you, huh? Of course, yes. Um, grew up around a family that loves to cook. You know, my entire family's from New Orleans and South Louisiana, so it's just kind of ingrained in us. Yep, yep. And that's the way I feel. I think you and I talked, before we started doing the, the show today, we were chit-chatting about that, the fact that, you know, how did I get to do the Catholic foodie? Well, I grew up in Baton Rouge and you know when you're in South Louisiana there's a couple things that the state uh, requires by law you know one is like a love for food and the other one is uh, hay fever you know you have to have allergies when you live in Louisiana if you if you don't they either kick you out or they they fine you on your taxes every year uh, so I have both thankfully so I'm still here uh, but you kind of grow up as part of the ethos as part of the the atmosphere this this, this association of food and family and fun and friends and I think you know I was at the event uh, last year my wife and I uh, attended the uh, chefs to watch last year and uh, incredible incredible dinner uh, and it just kept going that was I was just so like blown away where, I'm like can I ask where the event was last year it was in the warehouse district. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to have to double check to make sure where. But, uh, you know, I can't, I, you know, if it's not written in front of me, I tend to forget. I hear but, you. Uh, I will, but hey, I'll put in the show notes. You can find it at catholicfoodie.com. Oh, I'm going to go. Yeah, here you it. go. Uh, but I really, I can't remember. I know it was a relatively new place because I was talking to the chefs there, and it was uh, a team of them who put this place together, and they had worked so hard, and a lot of it was them putting it together not on well, I think it was it was Sacolet, right? it was Sacolet yeah because yeah. okay. they were they, it is it was Sacolet they were putting that they were out there doing construction yeah. work they were building that <laughs> that place to get it ready in time. it was amazing beautiful story I told them back then I said, I'd love to have you on the show but it just it just never happened we had the phenomenal time I mean, it starts out in the very beginning. There's like a cocktail hour, and you get to mix and mingle. And I was just so happy because there's so many people there that I knew, you know, and uh, people who are kind of like they love food. They they're at restaurants and just people that that co-mingle, right? And so we got to hang out with them, and um, every every course was paired, I believe, with a with a wine, and uh, it was just a, a beautiful event, a wonderful evening. Great date night. All right, there's a tip a tip here from the Catholic foodie. Great date night. Chefs to watch uh, dinner 2016 coming up on October 20th. We do have to take a break, unfortunately. 
Well, you listen to the Catholic Foodie Show. I am Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, your host, and we will be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Don't go away. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So happy to be with you today. What a joy. And we are here coming to you not from the studio, not from the palatial studios, the Catholic Foodie Studios, but from Cavan here on Magazine Street in New Orleans. And uh, what a treat this is. We have uh, Caitlin, who is with um, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. That's cooking with no G, right? Louisiana Cooking Magazine. You can find them at louisianacooking.com. We have Chef Ruby here, who is with Cavan, and also uh, Mobar and Sylvain uh, restaurants here in New Orleans. And we have been sampling uh, a lot of different dishes. We've talked about it throughout the show. Everything's been excellent. Excellent. The atmosphere here is fantastic. Um, you know, if you're traveling to New Orleans and you need a place to eat, uh, Cavan is definitely uh, a place you want to hit. It's on Magazine Street. Uh, easy to get to, neighborhood place, and uh, great food. And we were talking uh, during the break just a little bit about uh, cooking and about the whole idea of, like desserts. Because I, I kind of stayed away from desserts for a long time in my life. I, I, I didn't want something that was like overly sweet. And I really did, though. I really loved things that were like salty sweet. You know, those things, even today still, the salty sweet stuff, I just absolutely love. But what I have told people, now I have written this, it's actually in black and white, it's in a book, right? I have written about this. I've talked about the fact that, you know, culinary, uh, or like, like um, uh, savory cooking is really an art form. You, you just kind of play around the kitchen. I, I encourage that. I love to play myself, and I encourage other people to play uh, around in the kitchen. But when it comes to baking, or, or you know, pastries, that kind of stuff, that it's really more of a science than a, an art. Yeah. What do you think about that? Because I know during <laughs> the break you were like, ah. Oh. Yeah, I, it's something that I think instills quite a bit of fear uh, into, into the public Me. and myself as well in that, that I think it's kind of a... It's definitely true, right? Pa- baking and pastry, there is science to it. But I think that we rely a little too heavily on that association. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that knowing what ingredients are important in the scientific element of the dish or or of the recipe is very important. You know, the the reaction between the, the heat and the fat and the... Um, the water or water content those things are very important for how your recipe is going to turn out but seasoning and um, flavor there's so much you can do with things and I think that um, using recipes as a guideline when it comes to flavor is better just like what you were saying before about you know if you're not from Louisiana and you're using different flavors, that's fine. You know, if you don't like cilantro, use basil. It's, right. you know, you're going to get, um, you're going to be able to get a product that uh, you're going to like, but it's going to be a little bit different than right. maybe right. the recipe described. Which is okay because there's no recipe police, as Marcel reminded me years ago, right? You kind of cook to what you want to have, you know, yeah. the, the, the taste that you're looking for. Um, and that's and that's okay. You were you were talking earlier too about uh, using scents and and using different types of um, ways to flavor 
Yeah. You know, mint as an example, or mm-hmm. yeah, I've um, I've used mint quite a bit. I love using things that people are familiar with, maybe not as a taste, but also as a scent. Mm-hmm. Um, florals and things even associated with um, just nature. I would say in general, you know, yeah. there's all these scents and flavors, smoke and grill flavor, and um, even you know wood is can mm-hmm. actually be something you can flavor <laughs> you can infuse milk with or cream and then use that as a base for a pastry cream or a base oh, wow. for yeah. you know an ice cream and you end yeah. up with these flavors that people are familiar with because they've smelt it right and are pleasant but haven't really tasted Taste i mean it. our scent and our our tastes are too very connected and and that just seems yeah. to be I mean, that to me is just like that's we, we talked about creativity earlier mm-hmm. and that whole element of building on what other people have done but also bringing two things together that don't at first sight look like they belong right. together that's exactly what that is that's, yeah. that, that's like a really creative way of approaching it yeah it's fun and I mean I I think one of the biggest compliments I got was on how they felt like my desserts tasted like things that they love to smell and oh, wow. I hadn't thought about yeah. it before until yeah. someone said that and I was like wait a minute you're right I do use a lot of things that yeah. are traditionally in the scent category right. as something to flavor my desserts yeah and that was the the thing too I think is is a lot of times I associate desserts with what I have known in the past and they've just been the overly sweet and and kind of right. syrupy you know mm-hmm. sugary and that's just um to me, it's not not really what I what yeah, I go after. Yeah, me neither. You know? Me neither. Which is beautiful. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear that this is a pastry chef, right? It's a dessert yeah. expert here, and she's talking about <laughs> the same thing I'm I'm talking about. I, I salt that. is one of the most important ingredients oh, I yeah. will say in my in my pastries. Cause it doesn't only not only does it bring out flavors in a stronger sense, but mm. I think it also is less expected in desserts, right. and it it really mm. hits a good sweet spot in your mouth. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the salt. <laughs> no pun intended. Ah, I love it. I love it. It's true. It's true. And is that something? I mean, how were desserts like for you growing up? I know. I mean, I know. And in, and in, uh, I mean, we have here now. You know, this is like the beignet capital of the world, <laughs> right? And uh, we even have a, a beignet fest. A beignet oh, festival. Oh, that's coming up this weekend, right? This weekend, right? This yeah. weekend where they're going to be like, <laughs> they're making, I mean, they had the, the fried chicken festival, first one, just a few weeks back, a couple weeks back, and now and now a beignet festival, which is crazy. I think, I heard they're going to make hamburgers and whatnot and put them on beignets. Ooh. I don't know. It's kind See, of I like that crazy thing, thing. There's boudin stuffed beignets there, crawfish beignets, beignet fries. Oh. A lot of really interesting interpretations. What? Sammy, you think about this. This is New Orleans, right? This is New Orleans. We we play with our food. We experiment and we play with our food and and sometimes just incredible things come out of that. It's exciting. I agree. Everybody should come down here. Come on down. (laughs) And when they do come down, they need to go to the Chefs to Watch dinner, right? Which is October 20th. It's going to be at Marche down in the quarter. Uh, you can find out more about uh, the menu. You can find out more about the chefs who will be accompanying Chef Ruby uh, over at Louisiana Cooking, without a G, louisianacooking.com. Uh, all of it's over there, uh, along with a way to purchase tickets. Uh, if you can be there, it'd be fantastic. And uh, also keep in mind that proceeds from the dinner will benefit a scholarship fund for the, culinary, the Louisiana Culinary Institute in Baton Rouge. 
And I know I've talked about this on the show. It's been probably, what, seven, eight weeks now uh, since we had the flooding in Baton Rouge. It is still uh, a tremendous uh, impact on uh, the whole infrastructure there. Baton Rouge, also Livingston Parish. 90%, I think, of Livingston Parish was uh, devastated. Uh, And I say this now while we have Hurricane Matthew out in the Atlantic and we're trying to wait and see what's going to happen there. So, folks, you know... um, These types of things, whether it's an outreach to help uh, uh, victims of some sort, uh, hurricane victims or flood victims or whatever. I know we've had lots of things. I know Chef Amy Sins here in New Orleans did a tremendous job six, seven weeks ago, uh, eight weeks ago with the flooding in Baton Rouge going there. And Chef Amy, I've had her on the show a few times. She's, She's phenomenal. I love what she's doing here in New Orleans. But she took the lead ran over to Baton Rouge, had coordinated a lot of different people to help, uh, had Camellia Beans, I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, different companies kind of pitched in to help her to do what she wanted to do, which was to help feed people who really were going through one of the worst days of their lives, you know, worst weeks or, or, or multiple weeks of their lives. So uh, food can do a lot of good things for us, and uh, that's why it's so good to see some event like this which is where uh, we have chefs who prepare food professionally who are coming together to, uh, to celebrate the gift that we have in food, yeah. but also knowing that the proceeds from that, from that great event, that great dinner that people will go to and enjoy, that the proceeds from that will also benefit uh, the people who need it. And in this case, it's a scholarship fund for the Louisiana Culinary Institute in Baton Rouge. So uh, again, phenomenal uh, opportunity. If you are looking for a good date night, this is a great one. I can't recommend it highly enough. LouisianaCooking.com. Of course, you will be able to find the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes, too, over at CatholicFoodie.com. Well, we are getting close to the end of the show here, ladies. We've only got a couple of minutes left, and um, what a beautiful uh, time that we've had together. I want to thank you all for being here with me. Uh, Is there anything you would like to, to kind of part with as far as thoughts on food, New Orleans, uh, this culture, this community that we have here? I mean, I'm so grateful to be getting to work in this community. I feel like there is a, um, a warmth from the chefs in, in New Orleans, and um, I'm just really happy to get to do something that I love every day and um, meet people like y'all and talk about it and it's definitely a huge blessing and eat good food (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh of course (laughs) yeah Yeah, and I I just think it's really great um, just to see chefs coming together down here and you know food is such an ingrained part of our culture in New Orleans and in Louisiana Um, it's just it's a great thing to see it is it is. It's beautiful. It's great to see the, the, it brings out the best in humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to be around the table with each other and to, to enjoy good food or to be in the kitchen and work together with people who, although sometimes are in the weeds and they're kind of freaking out, you know, I mean, they're still good people and they're working hard and, and food still does uh, bring us together. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the show today. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I am Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. Again, uh, show notes available. All the links we talked about today available at CatholicFoodie.com. Certainly hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. 
and uh, can't wait to uh, to join you again next week. Again, CatholicFoodie.com, and until next week, bon appetit.